You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello, everybody. This is Roger B. You're listening to Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. <laughs> and today on Locked and Loaded, yes, we're going to talk about coronavirus-related situations with guns and ammo. Imagine that. Imagine people unprepared for this who didn't know that this was coming. You know, there's a reason why they call it prepping and not panic buying. Because in case you haven't noticed, if you are a... Uh, <clears throat> An enthusiast, or that's what we're going to call you, an enthusiast. An anti-gunner would call you a gun nut, but we're going to call you an enthusiast. If you're an enthusiast and you've been looking for some ammo here and there, now is not the time to buy it. In case you haven't noticed, prices have gone astronomically crazy. There, there are not going to be many times when we tell you not to buy ammo, but this would be one. If you don't have it and have to have it and have tons of extra money laying around, by all means, go buy what you can. But right now, it's crazy because some states are even shutting down gun stores as non-essential, which I thought was crazy because, in, like in New Jersey, the New Jersey governor has determined that gun stores are not essential businesses and need to be shut down. For a while, they were claiming they were essential and they didn't need to be shut down. And they were trying to hold on that position. However, now they've deemed the governor there, of course, deemed they are not essential and they need to be shut down. Now, you're wondering, okay, this is an essential right that's granted in the Constitution, and yet they're shutting it down as non-essential. But yet in California, all the marijuana dispensaries are not being shut down. Now, in California, they're trying to shut down all the gun gun stores as well. And one of the mayors there has decided, you know what, gun stores are essential. We're going to leave them open in our town. So this is really going to be an interesting test to see. I mean, ideally, the higher up you go, the laws or things that are put in place should apply. However, when you start having contradiction between local municipalities and state authorities, you've got to realize who's going to be in charge. Who are people going to listen to? Are you going to listen to your mayor when he tells you you don't have to shut down? Are you going to listen to your state governor when he says you do need to shut down? Are you going to listen to federal law? Would they force a mandatory shutdown, which has not been done yet? However, if it does, which who's going to pay attention? Now, this has been tested time and time again also because you got to realize that's the same thing with Second Amendment sanctuary cities. All these Second Amendment sanctuary cities, counties, towns that said we're not going to obey any state law that we believe violates federal law. So... How on earth are you going to push for a a state to have control over something when they don't believe what the federal government's telling them? They will allow illegal aliens to come in, give them the right to vote, give them driver's licenses, which they're not supposed to do. So they're violating federal law. But yet they want cities, towns, and counties to obey state laws, even though they're violating federal laws. It's just it's going to be a huge mess, and and it looks like everything has to be restructured. So of course, right now, in the Congress, they're fighting over our coronavirus relief act. I guess it is, and they're trying to get money to people. However, they're also trying to pack it full of all this pork, which is unnecessary. They want to 
add money for carbon emissions for airplanes. They want to add, oh, I have to look this up because I had one of these. Just some of the things they're throwing in here is absolutely ridiculous. They're asking for these ridiculous things which have nothing to do with, let's see now. Oh, here we go. Same, they want same day voter registration as the day you vote. So you can go in and register the day you vote to go vote instead of having to do it in advance. So there's no background check, no verification if you're actually a citizen or even if you haven't registered before. And they're going to let you vote the same day you register, which is ridiculous. And why should this even be included in a coronavirus act? Expansion of wind and solar tax credits. Improving consumer info of airplane greenhouse gases. What do they want to do there, Rogers? Kill the airline industry and put you all in a... In a bus? In a, in a, <laughs> in a covered wagon? Or a, or, a, or, a, or, a tr- or, or packed in like sardines mm. on a train. Yeah, there you go. And since the so trains are Amtrak, run by, run by governments, geez, imagine that, giving governments... Control over transportation. That sounds like a good idea. You want to see a virus spread really exponentially fast? Pack everybody into trains. Well, trains, planes, automobiles. I mean, it doesn't matter what you're on. You know, but when you've got everybody on mass transit like they're trying to do, that ain't a good recipe. Yeah, I'm sure it's not. But, you know, and and all this stuff has nothing to do with giving money back to people who need it. But yet they're trying to pack all this extra... HB-1 extended visas for Indian and Chinese workers. What does that have to do with giving people money relief for the coronavirus? Now, granted, if I get $1,000, chances are I'm going to my local gun store as soon as they reopen. (laughs) (laughs) Call me crazy, but there's a few things I want. I'm not buying anything now because prices are a little too high right now. In case you haven't noticed, if you've been looking for a certain gun, if you haven't noticed, the prices of guns and ammo has gone through the roof. And a lot of people are screaming, oh, price gouging, taking advantage of the situation. Well, let me tell you something. The same capitalism that drove prices down <laughs> and made ammo cheap and guns uh-huh. cheap is the same capitalism that is driving it's prices drive up. drive them up. And if you let the free market do what it, it – had we let the free market do uh, what it does in a lot of cases, there wouldn't be shortages on other things. Right. I mean, you, you can only deal with the demand based on – you know, the supply and demand has to work both ways. Anybody who wants to learn about that, just look up the Laffer curve. I mean, it's a great way of explaining the supply and demand. Uh, you know, it's well, just natural. It's a natural selection sort of thing. The more people that want it, the higher the price is going to be. Until supply catches up. That's right. And once supply catches up, then, of course, things level out. And once supply overtakes the demand, then prices fall. And it's going to follow a curve up and down, yep. up and down. And we, for a long time, for probably the last two or three years, have been in the very bottom of the curve as far as guns and ammo go. Prices were super cheap. It was super plentiful. I think people were so stocked up from 2016 thinking a Hillary win was going to cause prices to skyrocket that they, the distributors filled the supply supply lines. Yep. And things are ready to and go. People were buying, but then once Trump won, the buying eased. Everybody, it did. everybody, it did. and they were so okay. prepared for huge panic buys yeah. that never happened. That never happened. But now, until I, now, I can't wait until the NICS checks come out for the next last month or so. I bet they're breaking all kinds of records. <laughs> you know they are. 
I mean, was it, uh, I think, last year on a Black Friday, one day in November, they sold more guns than there are active-duty Marines in the United States. Over 186,000 background checks in one day. Wow. And that's background checks. Now, people who have carry permits usually don't under have to go additional background right. checks. And once you undergo a background check, you can buy more than one weapon. Exactly. But, of course, Democrats, and I'm going to label them this now as Democrats because it is the Democrats. The Democrats are getting together and deciding to take advantage of this, I guess, quote-unquote, crisis. To Never let a good crisis go to waste. And they're going to say, you know what we need during this viral crisis? We need to have more gun control because gun control would help ease the virus somehow. I Somehow. Maybe because if you share a gun, you yeah. share viruses. Work, I don't know. Working to help you make a living or you know, working on a vaccine, nope, that's not going to help you. We're going to push gun control. But collecting your gun or seizing weapons, that somehow is going to help you. All that's going to do is put you in more peril. And, Victor, you are going to love the guy who's introducing this bill. Uh-oh. <laughs> your favorite old friend. <laughs> oh, let me, you're going to uh, – you mean Hank Johnson? Hank Johnson. He is actually sp- pulled enough – Wit together to introduce a bill? I'm sure he had help. <laughs> <laughs> Bad me. Bad host. Now, in case Bad you guys radio don't know, Victor has actually run against Hank Johnson twice. 26, 2016. I was the. and was 2010. The, well, in 2010, I was in the primaries, but 2016, right. I was but he actually still the. Ran against. <clears throat> he ran against. He ran hey, against. By the way, Roger. For upcoming in just a few months, uh, Josie Cruz is running against um, Hank Johnson. Oh, awesome. So we do have an alternative. We have an alternative to Hank Johnson, so go look up Josie Cruz. She's got a show every Wednesday, Thursday, every Thursday uh, here on America's Web Radio. So uh, Josie Cruz, get to know her, learn her, listen to her, watch her, get to know her, and help her. We need everyone out there to help her defeat Hank Johnson. Yes. Oh, no, no. Oh, yeah. We're going to get. I'm going to tell you. Okay. Here's some of the things that Hank Johnson has said during his time as a U.S. congressman. Just so you understand the kind of mentality you're dealing with here. You're giving me flashbacks. I know. But I want people to understand, this is the kind of guy who you're dealing with. I can give you one right off the bat. My first debate with him, he looked at me and said, "Uh, uh, the halls of Congress, it ain't like you're just playing with a soccer ball up and down the aisles. That's what he said to me. Because he knew you played soccer, so all of a sudden he thinks because you're Hispanic you're going to play soccer up and down the house? He didn't know I played soccer, but he thought just because I was brown and of the Hispanic persuasion that I must play soccer. made the assumption. That's pretty racist. So what if I had have assumed that he played basketball all day in the halls of Congress? Oh, yeah, but you'd be a racist if you said that. I'd be a damn racist. (laughs) But if he says it, it's okay. Oh, my God. But wait. Now, his, the, the, the best one, of course, we're going to have to revisit that just because it was so funny. Okay. He was questioning an admiral about a base and it's the base population on the island of Guam. Now, this is an island. Now, those of you who know anything about islands, they don't float around the ocean. They don't it, move from place it, to place. It wasn't one of those special floating islands. It wasn't an iceberg. <laughs> it didn't float around in the ocean. This was an island, which means it's probably anchored it's to the ocean anchored floor. anchored to the Yeah. It's anchored to the ocean floor and does not move. And he, with a serious face, 
asked this admiral if the addition of 8,000 people onto this island might cause it to tip over to or tip capsize. Over. Will it capsize? And the admiral kind of smiled like he thought maybe, oh, this has got to be a joke. He was trying to hold in his laughter. I'm pretty sure uh, he did. <laughs> I mean, you could see him start to smile, and I was like, oh, my God, is he going to laugh at him? And then he kind of looked back at him, and he gave him a dead serious look. And he said, uh, we don't foresee any problem with that. <laughs> <laughs> no, sir, Mr. Congressman. We do not see any for, foresee any problem. That's basically what he said while trying to contain his yes. laughter. So he apparently Hank Johnson thinks Guam is floating around the ocean. And if you put too many people on one side, it'll tip over, <laughs> it'll tip over. like a seesaw. <laughs> <laughs> and this guy is a U.S. congressman. US now, congressman. I'm going to point to the people in his district who vote for him. Yeah. This guy is your idiot. <laughs> Yes, exactly. He's your you, village idiot, and you the, sent him to Congress. The people of Georgia's District 4, you own this guy. <laughs> That's right, because you keep sending him back over and over again. Over so anything over. stupid he says reflects on you. <laughs> and don't forget, if you're, if you're in D4, you can do something about it. Get to know Josie Cruz. That's right. Josie Cruz is running against him. Oh, but wait, there's more. Now, there's also <laughs> something I'd heard. Now, this apparently he contracted hepatitis C, yep. which is almost exclusively spread through sharing of needles by intravenous drug users. Hmm. But he says he doesn't shoot up at all, so I don't know how that happened. I mean, it could have happened another way, but anyway, that's a personal issue, and I'm not, I don't want to attack him on a personal level. But... Then, this was hilarious. He proved how racist he is against his own race. There was a bill pending that was going to require or give more um, precedent to people who were highly skilled laborers to come to our country, Hmm. to give them priority. People with uh, degrees in certain fields, science, uh, technology, engineering, math, for those people to get priority when immigrating into the country. And Hank Johnson said that he doesn't – he thinks that that was a racist move because black people will not be in that group. So he's basically telling black people, you're too stupid to be in science, technology, engineering, and math, yep. and it, only white people can be in this field. Only white people and Indians, apparently. And uh, <laughs> So how on earth could – now, any you know, and there's black people in his district vote for him. He just said, you guys aren't smart enough to be – Experts in engineering, technology, and math. I mean, what in the world does that have? How does that reflect on you guys? I'd like to see him debate Herman Cain, Mr. Mathematician. Dr. Herman Cain, yes, and grew up in America. And grew up in America. Now, uh, Hank Johnson is a a bar-certified lawyer as well. I don't know how. Well, you know, I don't know how either, but, I mean, it happens. But that's not the first time that he has said things. Why would you make a skills-based requirement yeah. racist? Because, anyway. look, he belittles his constituents on a almost daily basis. Oh, and there was a time he referred to Jewish settlers as termites. Termites. And we're going to come back and talk about that in just a minute. You're listening to Locked and Loaded. I am Roger B. To my right is Victor Armendariz from On Point with Victor. And we'll be back. You can keep your doctor, you can keep your plan, and every family will save thousands of dollars a year. I'm Ellen Deal, and if you've been hurt by the Affordable Care Act, you can email MAGA45CAG at gmail.com to see if we can help. Small business owners, individuals, families, and baby boomers, email MAGA45CAG at gmail.com for three easy questions to determine if you can get away from Obamacare. I'm a 20-year veteran of the insurance industry and here to help you for all your insurance needs. 
This is America's Web Radio. Would you like to have a show, talk about your business, or express your opinion on America's Web Radio? Just email gm at americaswebradio.com and we'll get back to you. Thank you. Whether cruising the strip at a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back. I think we're back. Are we back? We're back. And we're back. I'm Roger B. This is America's Web Radio, and you're listening to Locked and Loaded. Now, one more quick thing. Hank Johnson referred to Israeli Jewish settlers as termites. He he referred to the Jewish people as termites. As termites, that they infest things and need to be exterminated. It's unbelievable. So, you Jewish people who are in District 4, by all means, remember that when it comes Mm -hmm. to election time. He thinks you are termites. I mean, this so. happened in, when I was running against him, uh, and and luckily the Jewish Times. If you want to go back and search, do a Google search. It was the Jewish Times or one of the Atlanta Jewish magazines in Atlanta. You can do a search and find an article. They actually came and interviewed me, and uh, and believe it or not, they're left leaning. I don't know why. Uh, but, well, they can uh, be left leaning, but they may not pick to support the guy who calls well, their their religion termites they shouldn't have, but they do, and they still, still endorse him. Yeah, they still, and uh, yeah, it's crazy. That's like growing the tree that's got the rope that's around your neck. Let's nurture this tree so I can hang myself with it. Yeah, you know, if you've got, exactly. If you've got a low hanging branch in a tree and you're tied to it and that noose is around your neck and you water that tree, well, you're just an idiot. That's essentially what's happening here. But anyway, so this is the guy. We're just kind of giving you a little background on him so you see what kind of person is involved. There's the coronavirus epidemic crisis, whatever you want to call it now. So, of course, he thinks now is the perfect time to introduce new gun legislation. Never let a good crisis go to waste. House of Representatives Bill 5717. So this is what he throws in now during this time. Instead of working to help people, his idea of helping things is let's take guns out of people's hands. Let's limit guns. Let's get more government control over a constitutionally granted right. Now, just imagine, as I read, I'm going to read through a few of these. There's so many of them. But I'm going to try and read through a few of the restrictions and uh, the control the government's trying to take. And try and imagine if these same restrictions were put on your First Amendment rights, how that would make you feel. So anyway, there's a bill. Okay. It's called the Gun Violence Prevention and Community Safety Act of 2020. Boy, doesn't that sound make you feel good? Gun Violence Prevention and Community Safety Act. Now, taking guns away from law-abiding citizens should not be a safety act. (coughs) In fact, keeping keeping the hands of American citizens around their guns should be better for safety. It helps provide safety in the communities, especially now when the police are being stretched to their limits. They're being told not to stop people. In minor crimes, in fact, I saw a video this week of San Francisco where some looters walked into a CVS or a Walgreens, some drugstore, and just started filling their bags with stuff from the shelves and proceeded to walk out without paying. 
And because the police are stretched so thin right now, the employees, you know, they call the police and the police are like, well, we're not doing anything. Is anybody in danger? Is anybody being harmed? Is anybody being threatened? Well, no, they already left with everything. Well, we're not going to do anything. So consider that, if you will. This is why I think gun sales are going up. People are seeing crime rise in certain areas, and the police are powerless to do anything about it. But anyway, back to Hank Johnson's bill. Okay. Uh, Let's see. You're going to have to have a license to own firearms and ammunition. You're going to have a have to have a state firearms licensing committee started up. So, am I going to need a license for free speech? Apparently, I, according gonna, to Hank Johnson, you need a, a license to exercise the Bill of the Rights. Bill of Rights. So, if I need a license for the Second Amendment, then I need a license for free speech. I need a license for uh, my right to. Uh, uh, We're going to be able to start harboring uh, um, um, soldiers, soldiers in your house in without your, house? your permission. Oh sure, what the hell? Let's just uh, let's just run a tank right over the Bill of Rights. It's unbelievable, unbelievable. And of course, we want universal background checks, which are already in place. So I don't understand this. Any FFL federal firearms licensed dealer has to has to perform a background check on anybody buying a weapon. The only exception to this is if you have a carry permit, which already requires not only a state background check, but a federal background check by the FBI before you're issued this permit. Yeah. We who have our permits have already been anal investigated, for lack (laughs) of a better word. We've had probably a ten times more stringent check than anybody buying their weapon through the standard state means. Absolutely. And they want a seven-day waiting period on all weapons. They want to keep track of all the results of all these background checks. That's like calling the cops during an armed robbery and them going, okay, well, we'll be there in seven days. Yes. (laughs) Now, granted, I mean, I understand sometimes background checks, if they get backed up, they want to take a little bit of extra time to do this. Like right now, NCIS, the FBI, is open and performing checks, although a lot of state agencies have shut down their... I guess, mechanics as far as getting new gun permits in people's Mm -hmm. hands. So that's not something they're doing. But anyway, more into this. This is going to be great. Okay. (laughs) Now, this is actually good. Reporting of background check denials. So people who know they can't buy a gun, like convicted felons or other people who, who know they can't buy a gun and they try anyway, let's get these people reported. Let's stop them from trying to go through time and time again. Because the last time I checked, over 99% of these people were not reported. Nothing was done about them. They were making multiple attempts at multiple places to buy weapons, even though they were denied. Now, sometimes a denial is a matter of, you know, mistaken identity or something like that. But a lot of cases, you know, you run across somebody who who knows they're not supposed to buy a gun and thinks they'll slip through if the background system check doesn't work. So keeping track of that would not be terrible. Oh, okay, firearms possession. Okay, protecting victims of domestic violence. Okay, if you're a domestic violence abuser, you probably shouldn't have a weapon. Fugitives from justice, prohibited right now already. I don't know why that's even in there. A minimum age, which has already been set, 18 for rifles and shotguns, 21 for for pistols. I assume he wants to raise it for everything to 21. I'll tell you why he puts the repetitive crap in there. Because he knows that so many of his constituents and so many Americans out there who are of the left persuasion, 
continue to think that none of those things are in there. Right. It's funny because so many people are. We have a we have a ton of first time gun buyers out there now. Now I don't know how many of you listening. Out of you seven or eight people I know, you're listening. Yeah, you, you you guys, you already have guns. You know what it takes to get one. You knew what it took to get it when you bought it, and hopefully you have enough ammo to supply all the weapons you've already got. <laughs> but if you haven't bought a gun before and you're trying to get one now and you're going, uh, yes, sir, I want to buy an AR-14 Glock 40 with about uh, 20 ghost clips, and I want to use the gun show loophole, please. <laughs> You would get laughed at. Yes, that's not going to happen. <laughs> you would be looked at and say, okay, Mr. Liberal, let me show you the door. That's right. Here you go. No, you have to undergo a background check. There is no gun show loophole. You're not going to be able to just walk in and pay a, an extra couple hundred bucks and get your gun any sooner than nope. the required checks are going to take. That's not how this works. And hopefully a lot for a first-time gun buyers and more liberal people are going to see how what it does take to get a gun and realize, boy, that wasn't as easy as I've been told it was for years. Well, we've had some journalists who've walked in, and then they walk out because they find, oh, there is no loophole. I mean, they wanted to be able to go into a gun show or a gun shop and say, and come out and say, look at the gun I bought. And they weren't able to do it. Yeah, you can't just print a piece of paper that says gun show loophole, sign it, and hand it to the guy selling you the gun. <laughs> They're like, no, you have to go back. Oh, I want to do it without a background check. Well, you can't. You're not going to do it here. Yeah. <laughs> you go to the streets where your local criminal is yeah, selling go, go, stolen yeah. weapons. And you can have that. Go find your criminal. Do it illegally, sure. But mm-hmm. legally speaking, you cannot bypass this system. It is right. federal law and has been in, in place for years. Which brings me to the point, Roger, that we always talk about. And you're, you're mostly Democrats and some establishment Republicans will constantly go after the armed, innocent, law-abiding civilian instead of going after the criminals. Right, exactly. You know, it's they say one bad apple spoils the bunch. So one criminal will spoil it for everybody, and they're lumping everybody into the same category. However, I'm willing to bet there are exemptions for federal employees, particularly senators, congressmen, things like that, probably have exemptions from all these rules. Of course they do. Show me an elitist politician who uh, who's on Obamacare. Ain't yeah. going to happen. It's like, uh, what is it, Section 307, gun-free school zones. <laughs> I'm willing to bet every congressman and senator who has kids in schools sends them to a school that is protected by armed by guards, armed especially guards. if they go to school in Washington. <laughs> in the D.C. area? But yet they're, they're going to have going. gun-free school zones. Now, does that apply to their private schools as well? Of course not. Oh, no. We're better than you. We no, need no, no, better no. protection. Our kids are more valuable to us mm-hmm. than your kids are to you. This is absolutely sickening to me that these people put themselves on a pedestal that yeah. is so high, and right. they believe mm-hmm. that they're that they are so much more important than the regular citizen. They are not leaders. They're not rulers. They are representatives. Well, somebody needs to remind them of that because they think they're tyrants, and they want to be tyrants. Yeah. Well, we're going to come back after this and discuss this a little more. This, this uh, law has... Hundreds of sections. We're going to go through as many as I can. But uh, get ready. You're listening to Locked and Loaded. I am Roger B., and this is America's Web Radio. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. 
Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back. This is Roger B. You're listening to Locked and Loaded, and I'm on America's Web Radio. Now, if you ever have any questions or comments or anything or would like to bring up a topic on the show, you can always send me an email at Roger at America's Web Radio. Actually, that's Roger at America's Web Radio.com. Feel free to especially criticism. If you think I'm doing a bad job, by all means, write me an email. Maybe you can come in here and sit with me. Let's let's hash this out. I'm always in need of special guests to join me, <clears throat> even if you're not so special. But if you're special, that's even better because it gets some kind of handicap thing I can go with. <clears throat> but seeing as I'm already mentally handicapped, I already cover that base. Okay, back to this bill. The Hank Johnson 5717. Is that 4717? Let me get back to that. Yes. I've lost it, but I'll get it again soon. Okay, we're going to go back to some more things that are put in this ridiculous bill. This is his idea of helping the American public through the coronavirus crisis. We're going to add to gun shop security measures because, you know, they don't already have enough to do right now, keeping their weapons secure. Okay. Reporting on lost and stolen equipment, that's already there. There's no reason to do that. How about this, though? Okay, now let's get an extreme risk protection orders, red flag laws. They're going to try and promote federal red flag laws. So basically, you're going to be able to point at anybody and get the feds involved in taking weapons away from someone who may have no criminal record whatsoever or no evidence or no past experience. However, someone was scared. Someone decided that that person should not have weapons and they can pass a red flag law order. I don't know what the details are on that. I'd have to read that through if they put it in there or not, or it could be to be determined later. But whenever the feds get involved or something, it's going to become a huge, bloated, crazy way of doing anything. They could, I mean, they could. I'm not saying they're going to, but this could be as simple as if you have a traffic violation, you may not be legal to own a weapon. They could do that with federal law. They could say any crime whatsoever could flag you as a potential red flag law and they could take your guns away 
Okay, Title V, the assault weapons ban and silencer ban. They're going to make every type of semi-automatic rifle with a large capacity ammunition feeding device illegal. They're going to have a buyback program for all these semi-automatic rifles. Now, and they're probably going to set their own price, so you're not going to be able to get, you know, you'll probably get a few hundred dollars for your $3,000 SCAR. It's not going to work out well for anybody. I'm pretty sure everyone is going to get screwed if they actually implement this and try and take them away. However, I am sure millions of these guns will be lost in tragic boating accidents if this were to come to fruition. (laughs) It's also going to prohibit possession of silencers and what they're calling mufflers. They're going to have more restrictions on firearm silencers and mufflers than there are now. These are already Class Three accessories. You need to get a federal background check, check, have a federal approval stamp that you must keep with or near the weapon or the accessory at all time. And all these do is keep the noise down to a reasonable level so it doesn't hurt your hearing. They're not going to make it any easier for criminals to commit crimes. I mean, it does not completely silence a weapon. It makes it much quieter, absolutely. In certain cases, it does make it a lot quieter. But putting it on a rifle is not going to change the amount of sound that much. It'll protect your hearing a little bit more. But they want to eliminate that from ownership at all or restrict it to such a high degree that no one will be able to have one. Now, granted, you've bought these things, waited for months to get them, and now they want to take them away from you. And imagine, they tried to do this before with the assault weapons, but now it looks like they're going to try and take them away or ban them completely. It doesn't say anything about grandfathering in previously owned weapons. And I really wonder how they're going to try and, you know, push this through. And granted, I have a feeling what they're going to do is reach for the stars and they're going to try and negotiate this bill down to where it might actually pass, which I hope it does not. If you're a gun owner or you value your Second Amendment rights, if you think Americans should maintain their Second Amendment rights, by all means, do not vote for anybody who supports this bill. This bill is nothing but a grab at our Second Amendment rights. This is taking the Constitution and trampling it all over it. This is House of Representatives Bill 5717, 5717. If you, ha- if you want to look it up, you can. It's available online. You can see it all. And it's just some of the stuff that's in here is just ridiculous. Complete assault rifle ban, <clears throat> federal red flag laws. Now, they are asking for enhanced record-keeping, deadlines for insurance issuance and stuff like that. There are some things there that are not unreasonable. <clears throat> but most of it, most of it's going to be stuff that they're trying to get the, the assault rifle ban passed again, but make it more strict, and they probably would not have a sunset on it this time if they pushed it through. So this is just something. It has 18 co-sponsors so far. They're all Democrats, and they're pushing for this bill to go through. This is their idea of helping people through the coronavirus crisis. Let's make guns harder to get. And at a time when guns are selling like they have never done before, there was a uh, there's gun stores are reporting sales of more than five times their normal amount of sales per day. So you can imagine all these background checks being done, people wanting to have a gun. All of a sudden, people who've never owned a weapon before are deciding, oh, my gosh, I might need to protect my family. If law enforcement can't protect me, how am I supposed to take care of my family? How am I supposed to take, protect my family from potential looters or people who did not prepare and want to take what I have prepared? 
For those of you who, who want to know, there's a difference between prepping and panic buying. Prepping means you did it ahead of time. You were smart. You realize, you know what? This day may come. There may be a come a day come where I need more toilet paper or more ammunition or more magazines for my weapon. And you decided, you know what? I can't spend a lot on it, but every week I'm going to buy one or two boxes. I'm going to lay off the lattes for a week and buy an extra box of ammo here and there wherever I can, and that's going to be what I'm going to use. And now you people are realizing, oh, my God, I didn't buy anything. Oh, I wasn't ready. I didn't think this day was coming. Well, no one thinks it's coming. That's why it's called preparation and not panic buying. Now, unfortunately, I've seen a lot of companies selling ammo for three times the standard price. Now, granted, again, supply and demand. Capitalism works. It works both ways, though. When supplies are heavy, prices are low. When supplies are low, prices are heavy. That's how it works. So if you're waiting till now to buy toilet paper, hand sanitizer, ammunition, you're going to pay top dollar. That's all there is to it. And there's going to be people screaming about price gouging. But you know what? Along with the good comes the bad. Every economic system has its pros and cons. And capitalism generally, in normal circumstances, provides enough competition to keep prices low. So it's going to be interesting to see, though, if this bill actually gets any traction. I mean, it's got a few co-sponsors. I mean, you consider out of, what is it, uh, 435 Congress people, there are 17 people supporting it. Now, a lot of them are going to look at it and go, you know what, there's too much. This is reaching for the stars. You're not going to get this done. But the fact that they introduced it when they did is what makes me crazy. This is just ridiculous that this is their idea of trying to help people. But this is the same people that are voting against the bill that has been pending to send people money to help them out. Because right now, a lot of people are hurting. A lot of people are not getting paychecks. A lot of people are concerned about the police getting out there and being able to protect everybody. Right now, they're being overworked, and as they become overworked, they're being out there in the field. They're being exposed to people. They may come down with the coronavirus, and that will take a lot of police and first responders out of the pipeline to help. And that puts us all at more risk. And granted, if this comes down to a a point of civil unrest, those of you who have weapons will be able to protect your family and your family's interests better than those who do not. I mean, yeah, being able to use harsh language and uh, things like that against people who want to take what you've got, mm, good luck with that. It doesn't generally work. You're going to have to actually step up. Now, and I beg you, if you're a first-time gun owner, please get some instruction. Get some some help learning how to use this weapon for your own safety, if nothing else. I mean, I know you watch movies and you see how they do it there, but let me tell you, that's Hollywood. This is real life. Things are a lot different. That's right. As the legend Dave says, you don't have to shoot it sideways just because that's how it comes out of the box. (laughs) But, yeah, get some instruction. Learn how to use this properly. It's easy. I mean, yeah, everybody wants to be John Wick when it comes to using firearms. But you know what? If you watch, there are videos out online of John Wick using actual weapons on actual training courses. The guy knows what he's doing. Keanu Reeves has been trained in firearm use. He wanted that so he would look authentic, so he would look like he knew what he was doing in the movies. He wanted, he did not want to make amateurish mistakes in the movies and have people call him out his movie flaws. He is very well trained. In fact, I've seen him run courses. He knows what he's doing. And most Hollywood actors, that have any interest in weapons want to learn what they're doing so they look like they're doing it right. That's kind of an actor's job, to act like 
somebody else. And they want to act like somebody who knows what they're doing. So there you go. <clears throat> but keep in mind, if it's your first time, get some training, get some help. Ask a friend. If you know anybody who has weapons, ask them for assistance in either picking something out if you don't already have an idea, telling you how to use it, how to store it, the kind of ammo to get, if there's any ammo available. And for those of you who already have stuff and find yourself a little short on the ammunition side, this will blow over in a few weeks. Things will start returning to normal probably very quickly. As it does, that would be the time to start thinking about the next time this is going to happen. Don't wait for this to happen again. Get prepared. Be a prepper. Everybody should be a little bit of a prepper. It wouldn't hurt if everybody who's out there buying boxes and boxes of toilet paper had had an extra case on hand. They could sit back at home, catch up on their Netflix or their Hulu, and not worry about having to get toilet paper for for next week. They would have been better prepared. And that's what preparation or preppers are all about. And when it comes to guns, get the guns you think you want when the prices are low. Don't think, oh, you know what, I'm just going to get a few lattes this week and not buy that, that box or two of ammo. Get that stuff first. As you're seeing now, you'd probably gladly trade a couple cups of coffee or a couple of fast food meals for a box or two of ammo that you can't get at any price right now. But it's funny, in New Jersey, they made it illegal for gun stores to be open, so there's a gun store in New Jersey that's making home deliveries. I mentioned that earlier. I just think that's tremendous. That's capitalism at its finest. That's American ingenuity overcoming obstacles. You know, you know that I'm a a big proponent of safety, and safety should come first. By all means. But with that being said... How do you feel about trigger locks? A lot of that has to do with education in the home. I mean, if your kids are undisciplined enough where they disobey you, they touch things they're not supposed to touch, they don't listen to you, they don't follow the rules, then you may need a trigger lock or a gun safe. Now, they have quick opening saves where you put your finger on them, type in a certain combination, and you can open it within a second or two. Or they have biometric trigger locks where your fingerprint will open it. Now, in a high-stress situation or something where you, you, know, you have some dirt on your finger and you can't open this thing, you know, if it's a biometric lock, that could put you in danger. I mean, there's always that chance. And with a trigger lock, you have to have the key. If you've woken up in the middle of the night, how fast can you get that key, remove that trigger lock, and be ready to use it? That's, again, practice, practice, practice. You should practice that, you know. 20 times a month just to make sure you know where everything is and nothing gets out of place or you forget where you put something. Could you imagine you need your gun? Something happens. There's a group of marauders on your front lawn. They're looking to find their way into your house. You find your weapon. You can't find your trigger lock key. What are you going to do? Beat them to death with it? Of course, if they have guns, as soon as they see it, they're going to shoot first. So, I mean, it's a matter of responsibility and it's a matter of training. Now, if you just have adults in your house or animals then you don't have to worry about that, you know, unless you think someone's going to break in and steal your weapon. But if they do that, they're going to cut the trigger lock off anyway. Well, it could, could be Ren Chin Chin, you know. That's right. He might know how to use it. Yeah. But, yeah, that's, that's the thing where, you know, it depends. It's an individual situation. I mean, some families are raised with weapons. Kids as early as six, seven, eight years old know how to use a weapon. They know the safety rules. They don't 
forget them. They don't have accidents. You know, they know what they're doing. They've been trained from the time they were young. All right, we're going to be right back after a couple messages. This is America's Web Radio. I am Roger B., and you're listening to Locked and Loaded. Quick Stakes, that's Q-U-I-K Stakes, are not just for surveyors. They are great for family and community gardens. Go online to www.quickstake.com or contact your local land surveying supply dealer and get you a box of Quick Stakes. You'll love them every year when you plant your garden. Again, that's Quick Stakes, Q-U-I-K Stakes, the truly preferred way to stake and identify what's in your garden now. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. This is America's Web Radio. Would you like to have a show? Talk about your business or express your opinion on America's Web Radio. Just email gm at americaswebradio.com and we'll get back to you. Thank you. And we're back. I'm Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. Now, it's kind of funny, I think, how people, like I say, who have never had guns before, all of a sudden are starting to see the light and realize that the Second Amendment is not about hunting. These people buying guns right now are not planning a hunting trip. They're not going out to shoot turkeys or shoot deer. They're thinking about the possibility of their family's safety. They're thinking about what if the government were to break down enough to where they couldn't provide the protection that they need. Now, most of you who have carry permits and exercise your Second Amendment rights, you know what it's about. You know what it's for. That's why you carry every day. That's why you have that gun with you because you never want to be in the situation where you say, oh, I wish I had my gun with me. That would be a bad place to be. Those of you who carry every day and do it, you know why you do it. And also, if you get a chance, if somebody who comes to you and asks you for help – Please try and help these people because the more supporters we have, the better off this will be in the long run. We will have people. You're training another generation or another group of people. Hopefully, they will pass that on to their children, to their family members. And the more gun owners we have in the country, the more people we have defending our rights. This is something that has to be propagated. This is an opportunity for people who already know the Second Amendment and support it to help those who may have had doubts in the past and for people who may have had a change of heart in these last few weeks as they're seeing things unfold. Now, one thing I was reading about is Antifa has decided they have promised to provide violence and civil unrest during this time of being isolated or being quarantined. They have promised to come out, fight against police officers, you know, disrupt things whatever they can these they call themselves anti-fascists but they are by definition fascists they need to look up the what a fascist is because they are following a fascist playbook play by play by play and you see things like this happening you wonder now most people probably live in subdivisions or in rural parts of the country where this is not going to be as big of an issue if you live in the city though what are the chances these idiots will come out to your neighborhood 
start causing problems, disrupting police, or taking police away when you or your family or your neighborhood may need their protection or their help. If they're taking up this the, the policeman's police person's time, sorry, then they will not be there to help you if necessary. And who's going to be there? You will be there. You need to be your own first responder. In fact, when it comes to prepping, the number one thing you can do is prepare yourself. Keep yourself healthy, eat properly, exercise, be ready. So if you have to throw on your go bag and you have to grab your rifle and you have to get out of where you are, be able to do it. You know, work on a plan for that. That's the hardest thing is because you have your home base built. You know where everything is. You have everything prepared there. What if you had to leave? Could you do it? Would you know what to take? How long would it take you to be prepared to to leave that? You know, most people, I think, would rather bug in than bug out. There are people who prepared for both, and you are the exception to the rule, and I think you are playing this right. But for most of us, we prepare our home as if it's going to be our fort. That's where we're going to hold up. That's where we're going to protect everything we've got. That's where our family is going to stay and remain, and we hope to be able to provide them with the protection. Just like uh, we've talked many times before, not only do you need to prepare your go box or your go sack or whatever you are, you're going to go with, but you also need to prepare your mind. I will do whatever I have to do. And um, with that's, that... That's the kind of training that's hard to get. Oh, yeah, but you've, you've got to train your mind. I have practiced this. I know where my go bag is. I'm going to go throw it in the car, and then I'm getting the hell out of Dodge. With that being said, the Department of Justice, one of their attorneys was on a show a couple of weeks ago, and uh, she contacted us, contacted me yesterday, and asked that we make special announcements because of the coronavirus, and I did in uh, Victor's show, and I I will in this show right now. Let's do it. Uh, There are so many scams going on after the elderly, and this goes along with our show called Safe Senior Hour, which is a, we do do the only hourly, weekly hourly show on elderly abuse. And right now, con artists, the scammers, are calling the elderly saying, we have the cure for coronavirus, or if you do this, or if you pay me this, we'll tell you how to stay away from coronavirus, or they're, they're all sorts, or we'll, for $1,000, we'll give you coronavirus insurance that'll help protect your family in case you come down. They're all sorts of scams, and um, if you're elderly, like I am, and concerned about this, just be aware, the government, for one thing, doesn't just come knocking on your door and play like there's something from the CDC, nor do they call you up and tell you how to go do this. They're going to send you a letter, and it's going to play. there's going to be plenty of time, and even at that, you want to check them out up one side and down the other. And if you get a call from somebody that has some cure or some something for the coronavirus, Rest assured, it's a scam. And be be wary. Tell somebody. Talk to your relatives. Talk to your whoever you talk to about, well, I had this phone call. And if you get really worried, call the police. That's, uh, that's their job. And they will come out and talk to you about it. And 
whatever they can do, they'll do. So be aware, there are a lot of scam artists out there trying to steal your money. Absolutely. In fact, there was another story where um, <clears throat> Interpol has arrested several people counterfeiting items that people are trying to sell in lieu of the in lieu of the coronavirus scare. They're making up hand sanitizer that's ineffective. They're selling fake N95 masks. And they've they've caught somebody with over 12,000 ineffective N95 masks. So if you decide to get some, try and make sure they're from a reputable source. Don't just, you know, buy it from some guy off the street who's got them in the back trunk of his car. I mean, unless you know where he got them from, don't assume they're going to be effective and they're going to work. Otherwise, you might as well just put a paper towel over your face and hope for the best. Granted, we probably haven't come to that situation yet where everybody has to. You know, they told me the other day. A mask and gloves is all you need. And I realized they lied. When I got to the store, everybody else was wearing clothes. I I, I don't know. I showed up on my mask and gloves. So <laughs> That's right. They were so scared. They were so scared. It's crazy. But, yeah, okay. In all seriousness, though, prepare early, prepare often, and over. you can overgo a little bit. Not during the crisis, though. During the crisis, you're going to get hit by fake items, you're going to get hit by overpriced items, you're going to hit by shortages, and your money is not going to go as far as it should. And it's going to be a lot harder to do it. If you had taken this precaution six months ago, you would have been able to get ammunition super cheap, toilet paper would have been in plentiful supply, everything you needed would have been able to be had easily, quickly, and at a very reasonable price. If you wait till after it starts, that's not preparation. That's panic buying. And panic buying is no way to prepare for this. Granted, some of you got lucky and found what you needed and are able to hunker down now and stay out of the way of most of this. But we'll have to see how that goes. You know, I mean, it's just hopefully it won't last too much longer. And when things, I'm saying when they get back to normal, they will. I have a feeling it's going to happen sooner rather than later because as things warm up, they're saying warmer weather is going to be this virus' biggest biggest enemy, that it will not be able to work as effectively or spread as easily when it gets warmer outside. I'm hoping that's going to be the case. So we will see. But until then... You know, be careful what you buy. Try not to over-prepare. You don't need to hoard everything. Or if you do, do it while stuff is in plentiful supply and you're not taking it from people who desperately need it or can't afford to get it in advance. And I'm not saying you should go out and spend thousands of dollars preparing. Well, you probably should, but you can spread it out over the course of months. But try not to do it now. If you haven't already prepared, if you have enough to get by, wait until things settle down. The prices will come back to normal. And then don't forget about this feeling, the feeling you're feeling now, that you're underprepared, that you don't have what you need, that you wish you had bought more. Don't forget about this feeling when things calm down. Don't go back to ignoring it later. This is the kind of thing. I'll mention this again. When things settle down and everyone's... Everything gets back to normal and things are, you know, humming along again. Everyone forgets about all, all this. And in three months, they're going to forget this ever happened. I'm going to remind people, now is the time to prepare. Don't wait until something explodes. Don't wait until the police can't get to your house. If you want to defend your family, do it now. While things are calm, while things are easy, that is the time to be prepared. You know, it's it's amazing because they say... um Applications for concealed carry permits has gone through the roof. 
They cannot keep up with all the background checks, and a lot of states are shutting it down because they're deeming it non-essential. And it probably is. I mean, if you hadn't thought to get a carry permit until now, chances are you're doing it because you're panicked. You're concerned. You're panicked. You, you wish you had done it sooner, but you didn't. And when it settles down, that would be the time to jump in. And don't just put it off. Well, you know, I'll do it later. I'll do it next week. Do it when it becomes available. When things get back to normal, do it as soon as possible. Get it done because it does take time. And then once you get your weapon, get your training. Figure out how to use this thing. Make sure you have the right mental mindset to use it. Make sure it doesn't scare you every time you take it out of the box. And if it does, you probably don't need to have it. Not everybody is going to be a good gun owner. The other thing, I'll just add to what you're saying, and the training is vitally important. And training doesn't mean from Uncle Joe that uh, has a weapon and goes to the range every now and then or or Aunt Molly that uh, doesn't know which end of the gun, or Pelosi for that matter, uh, <laughs> you know, get a, a professional trainer. It may I don't even know what they charge, but it'll cost you a couple of bucks, but it's well worth it to know what the hell you're doing if you haven't been in a situation of the service. Um, we got a lot of training in the Army. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, That's some of the best training you can get, too. And, uh, you know, it's... Um, you need to know what to do with your weapon and get professional training. Like that lady you had on. Uh, oh, Shannon. Yeah. Shannon oh, Pable. Wow. Yes. She's, she's certified in so many different bits of training and has had so much training herself. Yeah. And Harold also. Harold Lanier also. He is a certified trainer in many aspects. And there, there are people all over the state who can do this. There are people in every state who can do this, I think. And I don't know about New Jersey and New York and all that. But get your weapons when they're cheaper. Prepare early and hold on because things will get back to normal. And help your neighbors. Your network is going to be the best thing you can do to prepare. Prepare your body. Prepare your mind. And we're out for today. You're listening to America's Web Radio. I'm Roger B. And this has been Locked and Loaded. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.